I'm Sam Carter. And I'm Dean Lowry. This is Carter and Lowry. Let's get started. Alright, welcome back to Carter and Lowry. It is episode number 57, and we are back. Um, I'm obviously back with my co-host Sam Carter, uh, but no Miles Harb. He will be back uh, in a few weeks to talk about uh, the cultural playoff with Sam. Uh, how's it going today? Pretty good. All right, and our question of the day today is uh, this, Sam. So if you are you know, in a rush, you're walk, walking out of the house or maybe running out of the house, and you need a quick snack, what do you go to? Um, It's got to be the orange peanut butter crackers, or as I call them, nabs. Um, you know, they're just – they're perfect for, you know, on the go, but they're also really good. Um, and, you know, they're packaged up and they fill you up pretty good. They make you super thirsty, though, so that's my, yeah. only, that's my only gripe. Well, I, it's, for me, it's got to be the strawberry Nutri-Grain bar. I mean, that's a classic. Um, it really fills you up. I feel like it's hit or miss. Like, sometimes it really fills me up. Sometimes it really doesn't. Uh, but so good. And uh, except for those wrappers, they really find a way to – you know, dig themselves uh, in between car seats. But enough about snacks. It's time to talk about uh, some football. And we're combining college football and the NFL this week because there weren't really any college football games since we last spoke. But the one thing that did happen uh, was the Heisman was announced. And it was announced that Bryce Young, Alabama quarterback, won the Heisman with 4,382 pass yards, 43 pass touchdowns, and only four interceptions on the year. Uh, Sam, uh, do you think he, this award was deserved? Um... I mean, this was a kind of tough year for the Heisman. Um, but, I mean, yeah. I think that that compared to uh, other players, I think he was on the best team and he did the most with it. Um, I feel like it wasn't a, as clear-cut as it has been in uh, prior years. Um, but still, I think they gave it to the right guy. Yeah, obviously, um, you know, a lot of speculation whether, you know, it'd be an Alabama quarterback again. Obviously, Aiden Hutchinson of the Michigan defensive end, you know, was kind of in that conversation but didn't get it. And uh, my question to you is really, do you think that the Heisman has an intentional bias against defensive players uh, when choosing uh, their winner? Sorry, what was that question again? Uh, Do you think that the Heisman has an intentional bias against defensive players uh, when they're choosing their winner? Um, you know, I don't know. Um, I mean, I think it, it's definitely more aimed towards offensive players just because, uh, they, I feel like from a, at least maybe not visual, but from a watching the game standpoint, Mm -hmm. offensive players definitely seem to have more impact on the game than defensive players. All right, well, uh, the other thing we got to talk about is big news, I guess, for Clemson, too, is a former Heisman favorite and eventually benched Oklahoma quarterback last year, Spencer Rattler, is transforming to South Carolina, and, you know, this could spice up the rivalry. I was speaking to a South Carolina fan today, and he's really excited, and he thinks they can really challenge Clemson in the upcoming years. Uh, same with your reaction to this. Um, you know, I think that it'll definitely help South Carolina. Um, but they they need players around him. Um, 
he's not going to be able to do anything with the team with the team that they have right now. Um, they might be a little bit better, uh, but they really need some receivers. Mm. So <laughs> we'll see, though. All right, it takes a lot to gain the respect of a Clemson fan, but uh, we'll see uh, what happens next year. And transitioning over into the NFL, uh, you got the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. So, Sam, uh, why don't you tell us what they did this week? Um, we took an L to the Vikings because of an early Chase Claypool celebration. Um, this is embarrassing as a Steelers fan. Um, you know, I feel like celebrations have been part of the uh, Steelers' downfall, starting with Antonio Brown. Um, it's just, it's just very embarrassing mm. to to call myself a Steelers fan. Wow. Well, as Sam described, uh, the Steelers almost made an epic comeback down 28-0 to at one point in the third quarter. Uh, but as the b- clock was running, Chase Claypool, uh, with 19 seconds left, after he got a first down, felt the need to do the iconic Cam Newton sort of, you know, like flick. So they got the touchdown, the first down, and it probably cost his team a couple plays. Uh, so disappointing to see there. And uh, another disappointing thing was the Panthers, who lost again, even though they could have technically like still been in the playoff picture if they had won. They lost twenty nine to twenty one. Uh, switching off between PJ P. Walker and Cam Newton, uh, it's it's been a rough uh, time. And they'll play at the Buffalo Bills uh, next week. But now it's time to look at the interesting playoff picture. And uh, I think that um, Jay Williams, interestingly enough, this morning said it best. Nobody knows who the best team in the NFL is. And uh, we're gonna list the playoff picture real quick, and then me and Sam are gonna give our opinion on what team is really the best. And uh, looking at the NFC right now, in first place, you got the Packers at ten and three. The Bucks at 10-3, and the Cardinals at 10-3. All of them follow behind, and the Cowboys at 9-4, leading the NFC East. The Rams at 9-4, the 49ers at 76, and the football team at 6-7, round out the wildcard spots. Sam, what's going on in the AFC? Um, so in the AFC, we got the Patriots at 9-4 and four in first. Titans coming in at second, also at 9-4. and four. Then the Chiefs in third, also in nine and, at 9-4. Nine and four. Then the Ravens coming in at fourth, at eight and five, so those are your divisional leaders. Then um, your first wild card team being the Chargers at eight and five, the Colts at seven and six, and the Bills also at seven and six. Mm. And uh, Sam, I'll start us off. I think that the best team in the NFL right now is the New England Patriots. I know that might mm. sound crazy, considering you know they got the rookie quarterback. I think that the most well-rounded team, um, I can't even speak, well-rounded, real well-rounded team in the NFL. Um, they have a very good defense and very good, you know, linemen. And, you know, they got Bill Belichick, so they're always going to have a chance to win. Um, they have a pretty easy schedule going in, so I think they'll be the one, two, or three seed. And I could see them making it to the AFC Championship. I think they're the maybe not the favorite to win the Super Bowl, but uh, talent-wise and cohesiveness-wise, I think they're the best team in the NFL. So, Sam, what do you think? Um, I think the Rams have definitely uh, showed uh, potential. Um, obviously, they're just a wild card team right now. But coming off a victory last night against the Cardinals, um, I think that defensively they're the best team. And their offense is pretty strong too. So I think I'm going with the Rams. Mm. Well, uh, you know, that's big uh, coming up. But, uh, you know, they got Odell Beckham uh, that just joined the squad. 
And, uh, you know, Sam, our final question before we uh, end off this football segment is the Steelers, you know, are only, you know, really, you know, a, a game and a half, well, really half a game back uh, of the Bills right now. And uh, what is your confidence level uh, on a scale of 1 to 10 that these Steelers can make the playoffs? Um, I'm pretty inconfident. Um, I, I think that this season's just going to keep going in the trajectory that it has been going. Um, I don't think we're going to get too much worse, but I don't, it doesn't look like we're getting any better. Um, so I'm not confident at all that we'll make the playoffs. Mm. Uh, well, tough love, but the Steelers, you know, they still got a chance to pull it around. Uh, but Sam, any final thoughts? Nope. All right, that's going to do it for this mega football segment, and we'll be right back with the NBA. Today is NBA Jersey Day, and uh, one of the hottest jerseys in the league right now is that of Lamella Ball. Unfortunately for the Hornets, uh, he has been able to unable to play uh, in these last uh, six games, and uh, the Hornets are 3-3, three and three, um, but they need a little bit of help um, right now as they're going to currently be on a road trip until Christmas. Um, but this week, uh, they went one and two, losing to the 76ers again. Still haven't beaten them in six years. A wild game against the Kings, and they lost the Mavericks last night in a crazy shooting first quarter for the Mavs. Um, but let's look at the positive here. And uh, Sam, you know, me and you kind of were texting back and forth at the end of this Kings game. It was wild. And uh, why don't you break it down for our listeners? Um, so towards the end of the game, Cody Martin hits, I believe it was a tying three. Yes, um, which was super huge. Then we they go down. The Kings go down. Um, they do not score. Um, so then the Hornets get the ball back, take it down. Cody Martin with a crazy reverse layup. He's fouled, but they call the shot back. But he's still fouled. He traveled. His foot hit the ground. It was the right call, no matter how much I disagree with it. Um, so he lines up to, uh, the free throws. He misses the first, makes the second. Um, and then there's like five seconds left, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so the Kings get the ball. They take it down. Cody Martin stupidly fouls. We did not have a foul to give. Um, De'Aaron Fox steps up to the line. Misses both free throws, and the Hornets get the rebound to seal the deal. It was a stressful game to watch, um, mm -hmm. but a win's a win. So, Yeah. Cody Martin about gave me a heart attack, um, but the t Kings did have two tips after, um, as Sam did not mention. So, you know, crazy ending and just a bit of twist uh, for the Sacramento Kings, who are already having a very unlucky season. They're playing actually pretty solidly, but uh, they still are uh, about five games below five hundred. And uh, next week, the Hornets will take on the Spurs, who are 10-6, the Trailblazers, who are 11-6, the Jazz, who are 21-5, and the, uh, excuse me, the Suns, who are 21-5, and the Jazz, who are 19-7. So, Sam, why don't you give us uh, the goal for the week? Um, so, the uh, goal for the week, um, I think we got to beat the Spurs um, and beat the Trailblazers. I'm going to say our goal is 2-2. Two two. I don't see us beating the Suns. And I think beating the Jazz is a tall, ta uh, tall task too. Um, so I think a reasonable goal would be two and two. 
Yeah, and it is worthy to note that uh, Lamella Ball and Ish Smith uh, will be coming back uh, in this next week as it will have been 10 days uh, since their original negative test. And looking at the top dogs in the Eastern Conference, you got the Nets uh, holding the number one seed, uh, the Bulls uh, at the two seed, who are currently uh, on lockdown after 10 players contracted COVID, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks at the three, and surprisingly, the Cleveland Cavaliers at the four spot. Um, so. Cool to see, uh, you know, a sort of upstart young team uh, in that position. So, Sam, what's going on out west? So, out west, we got the Golden State Warriors at twenty-two and five, the Phoenix Suns in second at twenty-one and five, Jazz in third at nineteen and seven, and then in fourth, the Memphis Grizzlies at seventeen and eleven. And now it's time to talk about the Dean's list, and this kind of ties back in uh, to the Steph Curry thing. And he is one free throw shy. Of uh, Ray Ma- Ray Allen, uh, in the uh, you know the three point uh, total uh, for a career in the NBA, and uh, you know it could happen tonight. Uh, the Warriors will play at the Knicks uh, in Madison Square Garden. Curry needs two frees to break the record, and it'd be a cruel twist of fate uh, for the Knicks uh, because you know they could they had a chance to draft Steph, uh, but they did, chose not to, and uh, it'd be. Uh, Quite ironic uh, if he were to break the record uh, for the most three-pointers in a career on their home floor. But that game is tonight on TNT, um, but just another game to watch. If he doesn't do it, they will play at the Celtics on Friday. So it'd be cool to see him do it uh, underneath all the banners uh, in the TD Garden. And the uh, Indiana Pacers looking to deal after they've had a slow start. So maybe the Hornets could pick up uh, Miles Turner, who I've been asking for for years. Um, but Sam, i got to ask... Um, you know, as Steph Curry encroaches on this record, um, do you think he has solidified his position as the greatest shooter in the history of basketball? Um, you know, I am 100% against recency bias. Um, I'm a huge 90s basketball fan, as is Dean. Um, but I still have to say that Steph Curry is the greatest shooter of all time. I think you would be hard-pressed to find someone with a legitimate argument um, to disagree with you, what do you think? Yeah, I completely agree with you. You know the the way you know. I think that you know Allen and Reggie uh, really really could you know do something you know with the screens. And I think catch and shoot. Um, I'd rather have somebody like Clay Thompson or Reggie Miller or Ray Allen. Um, but the way that he can create his own shot, you know, just put him one on one against virtually any player in the league, and he's better from three point range than you know anybody ever. And uh, for that reason, he's got to be the greatest. Um, but he will submit it. Um, I think it'll be a huge moment tonight. Uh, just doing a Madison Square Garden and Reggie Miller calling the game. Uh, it's just going to mean so much. And uh, what a moment it'll be for the league uh, to happen in the 75th season uh, for a record like this to go down. Um, so it's going to mean a lot tonight. But Sam, any final thoughts? Nope. I was going to do it for the NBA. We'll be right back with some college basketball. They say that college basketball is the craziest sport of them all. Crazy upsets, you know, crazy fanfare, it has it all. Uh, but this week, it proved it um, with one of the craziest weeks of the season. As another number one team goes down, that's right, Purdue has gone down. Baylor is at the top now. And uh, let's get us started with our national scoreboard. Um, first up, you got Purdue 68, Rutgers unranked. 70 with a half-court almost buzzer-beater for the win um, by Ron Harper Jr. 
And uh, Sam, uh, what is your reaction to all this uh, number one teams, you know, just losing to, you know, virtually, you know, what appears to be, you know, the easy games for them? Um, I love it. I really like upsets in college basketball as long as it's not my team. Um, but, you know, I think that this shows that it's really, really difficult to win in college basketball if all you do is just rotate new players each and every year. Whereas the teams like Rutgers and other teams that have beaten number ones, um, when you actually build a program, it makes such a difference. Um, so I, I really like it. I really enjoy it. All right, and uh, looking around uh, the rest of the country uh, this week on Saturday, we had some nice matchups with uh, number three, Seton Hall, taking down Texas, 64-60, to and Baylor crushing Villanova, 57-36. Uh, to um, Colin Gillespie got completely locked up in this game. And next week, you got number five, Gonzaga, versus number 25, Texas Tech, and number 15, Ohio State, versus number 21, Kentucky, on Saturday. And now uh, the North Carolina Tar Heels defeated Elon uh, in an easy game, um, a breezy 20-point win uh, for the Heels. And uh, really, it has been the guard play uh, for the Tar Heels this year uh, with Caleb Love playing excellently, averaging 17 points a game, and R.J. Davis averaging 13 a game. And, uh, you know, typically, you know, Sam, Carolina is a big uh, program, um, but do you think that North Carolina can continue to rely on guys like uh, Caleb Love and R.J. Davis to sort of carry the team uh, throughout the season? Um, you know, I think we can get by by doing that. Um, but eventually we are going to have to uh, rely on the bigger guys, as we always have done. Um, but, you know, right now, right now, the uh, working it to the guards is working. Um, so, you know, if we just keep playing like we're playing, I think we'll be good. Yeah, clearly agree with you. You know, Armando Baycott, obviously, in his junior season, um, can't shoot worth a lick, but, you know, he's been dominant uh, in the paint. Um, so maybe come AC tournament time, you know, uh, Coach Davis will give him the sticks and just let him run with it, and uh, we'll see where we go. Uh, but this week, a massively important week for the Tar Heels. They got Furman uh, tonight in the Dean Dome, and then in Las Vegas on Saturday, you got, like Sam mentioned, a established, built program in UCLA. Uh, John Juzang, Tiger Campbell, you know, their guard play is excellent, so it would be a very tall task. Um, while the Carolina guards are a little bit bigger um, than uh, the UCLA guards, certainly the experience of the defense of UCLA is going to be an extremely difficult challenge uh, for the guards of North Carolina. And Sam, why don't you hit us uh, with our goal uh, for this next week? Um, I'm going to go with a optimistic goal with 2-0. and oh. Um, I think that this UCLA game is super important. Um, we, I think that it would absolutely change the trajectory of the season. Not that it's in a, not not that the season's going bad, but I think that it would raise the roof as, uh, or the ceiling rather of <laughs> what what this Carolina team can do. Um. So I think that we got to obviously beat Furman and then hopefully beat UCLA too. Yeah, that game is uh, on Saturday afternoon, in the early afternoon on CBS. as uh, a CBS Sports Classic. Uh, the first uh, look for Jim Nance uh, in college basketball and uh, will certainly be an exciting game. Uh, but 
just our quick national story uh, for this week is after a dramatic game, uh, Houston versus Alabama, a ranked matchup, um, the Houston players uh, you know, were upset about a call at the end of the game, and they dumped one of the trash cans on the floor um, of Alabama. It didn't actually go in like on the, like the inside the box, but they dumped out one of the trash cans. And uh, Sam, uh, is this justified? Um, I'm not sure what the call was. Could you do you know? Oh what yeah. It is? So it was a uh, dunk putback for the win for Alabama, and Houston wanted an offensive goaltending. And mm-hmm. after you know looking at it myself, uh, there should not have been goaltending. Um, I mean that's such a difficult call to make. Um, and I think in that situation the refs did the right thing. Um. You know, you don't you don't want the refs to decide the game, um, and I think that maybe if Houston had just played a little bit better defense, Ooh. you don't even find yourself in that situation, anyways. Mm. I didn't see the play, but this is just my instinct. Um, so no, the dumping of the trash can is not justified. It's mm. not justified for any call, much less a call like this that that really they wouldn't make in any game. All right, uh, some harsh words uh, from Sam Carter, but that's all the time we have this week. Uh, Sam, any final thoughts? Nope. All right, that's going to do it for episode number 57 of Carter and Lowry. And you from us next Tuesday.